Coronavirus is the biggest threat this country has faced for decades. We're seeing the devastating impact of this invisible killer. There will come a moment when no health service in the world could possibly cope because there won't be enough ventilators, enough intensive care beds, enough doctors and nurses. That is the moment of real danger. The new variant is out of control and we need to bring it under control and this news about the new variant has been a uh, an incredibly difficult end to, frankly, an awful year. And it's important for everybody to act, essentially act like they might have the virus. And that's the way that we can control it together. The way ahead is hard. And it is still true that many lives will, sadly, be lost. Our advisory group on new and emerging respiratory virus threats, NERVTAG, has spent the last few days analyzing this new variant. It may be up to 70% more transmissible than the old variant, the original version of the disease. You, you might be infectious, and that's the way that we have to behave at this moment. Assume you might be infectious. Assume you might be infectious. And that's the way that we have to behave at this moment. Today, the United Kingdom's chief medical officers have advised that the country should move to alert level five, meaning that uh, if action is not taken, NHS capacity may be overwhelmed within 21 days. And it's going to spread further. And I, I must level with you, level with the, the British public, um, more families, uh, many more families, are going to lose loved ones before their time. Your colleague on stage, John Edmonds, has just sent me a statement saying that as far as he's concerned, this is the worst moment of the epidemic because of the extraordinary inf infectivity of this new strain. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, this is a horrible moment, for sure. I to say, as I'm really sorry to hear about your two relatives who died from this virus. I mean, it is a very dangerous virus uh, for many people. We're looking to move to a different regime, so as we come to the fourth step, we will change the basic tools that we have used to control human behaviour.
after reading that law line. I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. They are, you know, good they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot. But fuck, they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of. They do not fucking understand. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never! I will fucking die! Fucking for my forefathers and my fucking lineage! Fuck these motherfuckers! Welcome, 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 everyone. You're getting a stream. I didn't think it would happen, but uh, here I am, sitting at this desk, uh, grinding away at those facet joints of my lower vertebrae. And uh, not, I'm, not, my whole family is just plague-ridden at the moment. It's a nightmare. Um, and I... Well, I... I think I had COVID a couple of weeks ago, and then yesterday I started with a whole new <laughs> fever, like the like the rest of the family is having. And ah, uh, you know, maybe there's something to these uh, <laughs> these herbal antivirals and stuff. I've had sort of 24 hours of um, sweating sweating it out and trying to trying to tailor that little space, that little therapeutic window I have around um medicines that are available to hand um this would be my advice to everyone right now is to make sure that you're in a position where you know you've got access to like a few weeks to get you through um any um humps that may may be coming your way and you know what are we doing here why, why, why are you sitting here listening to me? Because we're trying to look at these edge cases. There's a good proportion of the internet out there that wants to make you think that space is fake and gay. Um, I think that there are many, many dead bodies that need accounting for, and you have to find the most parsimonious explanation for why they are dead. And Peruvian 
death squads doesn't cut it, I'm afraid. And the um, you have to explain the dead everywhere. And, you know, I watched Mark talk to that Corona for Mark who's tonic. And look, I get that he's he's lost a child to chemical warfare. Um it's not something I'm against speaking about. Um something I've tried to speak about constantly since starting this channel. But um you can't you can't start trying to um, prioritize the dead in this, and I get it, you might have an emotional attachment to one, but it's the bigger picture. Who and what is going to war against you? And, you know, I, someone had put in one of my Twitter threads earlier, the, 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 the calamari clots are sort of doing the rounds again. And the... What's my... Are they amyloid? Potentially, yes. I think Anna Burkhart showed it, but I think they're primarily a um, post-mortem phenomenon. Um, I'm not... You, you would... If there's too much routine scanning of vessels and for that not... For that type of clot to be appearing so... Well, if it's if it's appearing so routinely to be um, not picked up in a sort of emergency crisis situation, as someone is, you know, losing their life due to that blockage, and um, until I get my hands on some and can run analytics on it, um, I, I'm not saying it's not happening, um, but I think it's post mortem anyway. Uh, the, point I was trying to get to is that um, there's just, there's dead everywhere now, and as well as dead, there's injured, and there's, why is that? Right? You can you can try to claim it was all, it was all a Jewish trick um, and nothing happened. Um, I think that's a naive way of looking at the problem. Um, there's, you know, when complex systems change and you get the um, data points that we are seeing, and, you know, one, one of those ones that I'm watching closely, of course, is um, births. And we'll look at a data point today. Again, um, I don't know how reliable it is, but then in a situation where um, authorities will be going to extraordinary lengths, I think, to mask um, any, any signals and corporate science is too captured to, um, to give anything approximating the diagnostics that we would like um so we're gonna just go through some well, what are old news items now as i i had this stream lined up for friday and then we did the one where we took a chunk out of Pandora's nick hudson and the um you know it's worth engaging playing the whack-a-mole with these people, etc. Because, you know, I'm just literally going back and forth on Twitter with some numbskull right now who who believes that um, had their, they think that it would have just stopped if there was no um, announcement of pandemic. And 
that's that's just a naive way of looking at the type of warfare that's been unleashed. There was no stopping what was coming. That's how it looks to me. And like I say, all of that weaponry was lined up, ready to go. And um, this, the interaction and the um, the effects that we see, um, you have to you have to be able to account for as broad a picture as possible. And the, like I say, the U.S. data is tainted by perverse incentives with um, the way the medical system is set up there. So you try to look at cleaner data sets and um, we still see excess deaths. And um, in places where I don't think medical um, iatrogenic is, um, depending if you want to call the vaccines iatrogenic, but um, the if you're not if you're not looking at the whole picture if you're going down it's all it's all there were no planes that hit the building type thinking you're just going to get swept up taken away and uh <laughs> likely turned into whatever version of soil and green they've got planned for us and um i cannot look at the global picture and see all the moves that are being made across the corporate government private public private partnership space all that the converging technologies whether it's this um stride towards the technological event horizon etc ray kurzweil it's all going to be psychedelic machine love in the future eh, i'm not so sure um i think what we're dealing with and as again I'm, i'll try and touch on it briefly today um because i think well there was a good uh podcast i guess is what tucker does now right and his name is benz and you know he he laid out very eloquently just how much the again these are corporations you might think of them as sort of official organs of the state and that makes them somehow different but no they run as corporations and these corporations have a vested interest in maintaining their survival it's why we probably argue that we've seen a war in europe again in the south because russia um nato needs a reason to to maintain its existence so why not provoke russia to you know to, to restore its raison d'etre for existence in the first place and all all of these branches of this corporate government hydra uh into everything and you've got to start thinking in terms of complex systems that you might get emergent behavior that is unpredictable uh, or something that would be um not what you would expect considering the data points that you had prior to uh this series of events being unleashed upon you and so that's that's why i continue to do this is why i've crawled off my sickbed to um, trying to keep on top of this work. Um, I want to say uh, thank you to Jeannie for getting the interview. It was a little broken up with um, kids running around and what have you, but ah, yeah, it's kind of kind of nice to um, see see kids. Maybe uh, <laughs> maybe a baby. Well, perhaps there's a baby drought, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, so... Uh, yeah, like I said, a few news items, and then um, I promised that I would look at a paper which is looking at the propensity 
or the probability that we could get a species jump from, I've done a similar paper before. I've checked this one. I haven't done it before. Um, the other one seemed to be more confident that the jump wasn't imminent. But again, um, you have to look at the totality of the science and um, make a best appraisal as possible. So um, let's see. John Campbell kind of reignited the Vax noodles thread. The docs never explained how my daughter's scan of a ping pong ball superficial clock got there, but it was there. Um, <laughs> oh, you local shlomo. Um, I would just say you've got to you've got to get into the mind space of probably hashtag not all and uh, the one that you've given that label. Just keep a very beady eye on them. Um, they're pulling I, I know I know they're pulling them out of living people. It's it's not the thing is you have to this is when you're getting into this space, you need to be deadly accurate. It's why panda eyes is so fucking useless. You've got to be able to account for all the data. And the thing is, clots were a thing before, right? But again, how much are we looking at it and suddenly seeing and suddenly thinking that there's a signal where perhaps there wouldn't have been? And you know, the the is I don't I'm not doubting that they're pulling these out of cadavers. I, I'm I'm not. Um the question is, do we really understand the mechanism of why we got the or why that's happening? And if if it was happening before and the, the, they do happen before that why why would there be this increase right now? And so, you know, the you put forward a bunch of suggestions as to why that would be. I would argue that perhaps the um, fibrinogen-resistant prion-like behavior that we've seen associated with the spike protein, um, that's, it's manifesting in that very dynamic environment of the circulatory system. And um, you're seeing, well, potentially new, new pathologies and we have to account for the dead and the only way you're taking out young is cancers or cardiovascular um if it's neurological a lot of them it ta takes time they'll be messed up but they the, they'll be um it, it's the long haul of phenotype um Well, Podge says, well, maybe Mark should have a conversation with his FBI handler about closing the border to fentanyl. <laughs> yeah, man. Because uh, you, you have to wonder about, you, you've got to be... How should we say? Your filters need to be very tight, and you have to watch people's behavior around... These, these complex questions because you know what what are these narrative control censorship networks doing you know they're, they're there to guide individuals groups their consciousness in particular directions they want you to go and they'll try to move you in a particular direction and they want to move you away from where there would be tripwires for them such that their corporate existence comes under threat and this is what we're what we're dealing with i would argue and you know you have to try to piece these parts of this very complex 
jigsaw together and you you're trying to see what fits what what is the most reasonable explanation and the with this tom tom benz i think going on tucker he laid it out brilliantly i I really encourage everyone go watch that stream um with tucker and this guy benz talking about how they're manipulating in the digital domain in terms of statutes and acts etc with respect to your sovereign rights and um there there you will get a um very very honed sense for how these entities are, are looking and perceiving you you have become the the target basically right when whoever it was the muzzy that we the american citizen that they blew up in whatever it was some sand ship box a while back but um that type of reasoning and thinking has permeated those institutions so that when you talk about stuff that they don't like you have become an enemy of the public private partnership state apparatus and then the the gloves are off as far as they're concerned now you know what what's their escalation ladder like i don't know i mean probably a lot what it looks like around what i've seen which is make your life difficult online um to try to talk to people you know because <laughs> i have a better way of um responding to it i don't know i just did it this way um but the who's who's got their fingers on the trigger right now they do and every vector of attack has to be looked at and passed through that particular lens and if it keeps filling in that bucket that well these people have literally gone to war against the individual because they see you as a threat because you do not comply you're no longer a viable commercial unit unit in the corporate um, trading structures then that's perhaps what we're looking at and um in that within that game that corporate control game there exists this technocratic transhumanist malthusian group are they all-encompassing i don't know but they certainly wield a lot of power that's for sure they've got their tentacles embedded everywhere and you have to look at anything that would appear to be anti-life right just lickspill that's too many children for you how dare you get back get back in your kill box (laughs) just anything like that should just you know set the alarm signals going and we're very far down that pathway and they've they've been so good at it that they've moved much of the population down that pathway with very little resistance and i was watching an interesting thing just dropped by bean lord earlier just saying how actually they're dismantling the woke um mindset the the well, this sort of Skinnerian conditioning that they were using on people to sort of push corporate agenda. 
and now the corporate agenda is flipping again and suddenly um <laughs> we're back to band of brothers and white boys gunning up and going and uh, scrapping it out for uh, again what's it old old white men who <laughs> i don't think it's just white men um old hook nosed uh, k26rs who um always benefit from this type of um war game or war war just in general because that, that's that's what I'm seeing. And anyone who's not trying to grapple and get as much of that data into the um, many contiguous coherent parts, um, you're wasting your time with. Um, hey, Jimmy, good to see you, bro. Um, let's see. This page says spike protein has high affinity for heparin. Heparin can accelerate prion conversion. But yes, I saw the um, paper with the what Walter had been doing. I'd gone over the um, sort of heparin catalysis before. And the, um, yes, I, th I think these are, because you, you've got to remember that the concept of amyloids, there's, that there are functional ways in which they can be used, right? And that's, that's why essentially these systems exist, this very complex protein chemistry down at this very small level. And we know that there are um, what appear to be functional relationships around um, innate immune responses, things like, you know, clotting is a sort of type of amyloid type event, right? You've got a sort of stitching together of proteins to form a very quick um, structure that um, otherwise, that, that's there to play a role. Of course, it can go wrong. And the um, it, it's the you, you have to start looking at the fundamentals underneath. What's the what's the thing that has them in common? And it's this um, preenergic, amyloidogenic, however you want to describe it, in, and the weaponization of those pathways. That's one of the ways that potentially they're herding you into that kill box. And if if they've managed to figure a way to deliver that type of weapons payload then th their job is done they've done it right i don't <laughs> any any more that they can stick in people is just irrelevant at this point because as we've walked through this data m multiple times again we're going to take a look at deer obviously but the um the concept and the data around prions and that's all we can do we can just walk, work with the data that we have right um tells us that it could be potentially a dangerous scenario and you know the not everyone's going to make it through i'm afraid <laughs> i'll be i'll be surprised if i do the state i find myself in most days but um you know the way to get through is and i, I put that out in um the what was her group called yeah let me just i'll give it a proper shout out um Australia's freedom movement, something like that. Um, medical something. Uh, Health Alliance Australia, I think. Was it called? Yes, Health Alliance Australia. Um, and, you know, that's someone who's... She's got a pretty 
good understanding that there's harms coming from multiple directions. There's too many people that got whacked with the first round for their for for you to just be looking at the second component of the binary weapon and and then how this warfare spreads out um, in this current version of the reality engine we're playing. Um, it's just it, then it just becomes a puzzle. You just hope that you're not in the uh, the real violent kill boxes. Like you could be in Gaza right now. That would suck, right? Um, and um, the oh, I, should, I, I should just get on with the stream. Um, waffling too much. Get on with it, McCann. All right, let me do this. Set this up. And what did I have over there? Oh, yeah. Um, This uh, shout out to Good Doggy as well. Become uncontrollable. And I need to be on the screen, right? Yeah. That should bring me up. And of course, uh, Prey on Free Coom is the next Bitcoin. <laughs> Fuck Bitcoin. That's what I take. <laughs> All right. Um, Let's see, Bake says, the putting away the woke was academic agent. Highly recommended. You'll sub to him. Very interesting takes and discussion on current politics. He's written a few good books also. Yeah, I've I'd never come across him before. Um, very easy listening, um, well articulated, and, um, it, you know, concords with um, very much my take on the current state of affairs. So, you know, it's nice to find that there are like-minded people. Now, of course, you don't want to get sucked into groupthink. And, um, you, know, the, you know, the role I sort of play doing this, um, it's not possible unless I have all these um, detectors out, I guess. But all, all the community around that sort of feeds information to me and enables me to say, you know, look, I, I'll sit here and articulate what I think the problem could be that we're facing. And then literally there's like a, a swarm intelligence that goes out and looks for stuff and brings stuff back that generally I, I would miss because I don't have the the bandwidth myself to be going through so many channels. I mean, I spend a lot of my time filtering that information and i'm forever grateful for the fact where people are tagging me on stuff on twitter or bringing it into the discord or dming me or emailing me um their comments their thoughts their links okay and um for that i'm eternally grateful anyway uh wandered in here wondering uh what's what's this cockney geezer going on about who am i well uh, i used to be a principal investigator career brain research institute and um just through a series of uh, unfortunate events, I now find myself staring into that zombie black eye of a Canon camera that just is too slow to start up, talking about this very complex set of events being played out. And, you know, the corporations are playing that game too. Don't forget, right? And they're all jostling, trying to, and, and you know, that's the market in action, as it were. But um, you have to remember that, they uh, they see you as uh, prey basically, and um, you know I, the what was he called an academic agent? Um, yeah, I'm gonna delve into his stuff because you know he he's making a very good point of how how they think over long term, short, mid, and long term in terms of their strategies for maintaining or or 
instigating dialectic. And in that dialectic creates the space for them to keep keep spinning the wheels, as it were, and keep people um, distracted as they move towards their, what they perceive as their goal-directed um, targets. And potentially their goal-directed targets could be um, a full-on club of Rome. Uh, we don't need you lick spittles anymore. Uh, we're done with you. And um, until we can, until we can fully answer this prion exposure question, um, that I think, in, in my mind, it's just a conscious decision on my part. So I'm literally, I'm having to work now <laughs> in the day to get the shit together to make sure I can properly test that. Right. And um, again, if people who could have that skill set are not doing it, you have to ask yourself why, especially especially when um, they would have access to uh, resources way, way beyond what I'm able to cobble together um, where I am. So Curris says, I'll vouch for academic agent also. Uh, let's see. Fatty Fox says, your spag swarms and loves you back. Oh, God. Oh, God. Tesla as a side project is building RNA micro factories for CureVac and possibly others. Yes. Yeah. They're all in on it, right? There's, there's no way they wouldn't be playing these games and trying to get the tech advantage. Just, just where the world, son? Where the world? What I would uh, kindly ask is that uh, you bookmark uh, mccandojo.com. Um, there you can keep supporting me, and I'll do my best to um, actually do some bloody science and um, see if we can get data that we can um, be we can have more faith in than you know. Maybe I, I don't. The I, I've spoken to people who've you know been close to the calamari clot thing etc um you know i was close to getting um some scent but i was like oh you know it means it means going to a lab and i've got to um book the time and it's it's going into techniques where i don't have i've got to get in there in a few days get the technique down pat and um try to come out with coherent results and proteonomics and mass spec is not something you just rock up and do something in a day. Sorry. Um, and the equipment to do it is very, very expensive. So, um, you know, there's limits to what I can do. Now, I know what I can do, which is test the prion catalyzing properties of that S1 segment. We already know it causes problems. Um, the question we need to ask is, is there has it pushed us into the transmissible spongy form space? If it has, then we have a very particular problem that we have to deal with. And long-term, the way to deal with that is you've got to play the genetic lottery and you've got to be pushing out um, more children. But maybe that one of the properties of um, this mass seeding is that you're going to see hits against fertility. That would tick off one of their project goals. So um, please go to that page. Um, you can find all ways to uh, send links if you send a dono whilst I'm live. 
I will, of course, uh, give a, a very heartfelt and humble thank you. Um, of course, remind everyone that uh, <laughs> a lot of what I get right now is now being stretched even thinner. But um, I do think um, this approach of building out community that's just building um, and aggregating the, these this data that is becoming there's so much of it, and of course we know that this military censorship complex is removing and making it difficult to find a lot of that data. Something that uh, the academic agent was talking about earlier when um, he was talking about that ridiculous woke um, military ad they had where it was just some cartoon of <laughs> some some kid's story coming from two, uh, two scissor sisters and uh, how she was a powerful whammon. <laughs> playing a defensive role on those uh, Patriot missile batteries that just got fucked up in Ukraine. Um, but now you can't find that, apparently. Not that I didn't test the if it's true or not. But, you know, things like this, what we're about to watch now, which plays into today's stream, is interesting. So um, uh, this, I just, I was browsing what was recently uploaded and as... Uh, luck would have it someone's uploaded a zombie deer onto we talk you listen uh wally the dog thank you thank you thank you um and so we're just going to see one and how the cops deal with it uh in the u.s so uh zombie deer please uh take it away they're that lightning fast better than youtube He said it's called EHD. It's got pretty bad road rash on the other side. Oh, does it? Yeah. I, that's what I was talking, telling him on the way down here. That, the EHD? Yeah, the zombie deer there. That's what he was saying. Yeah. You probably didn't believe me. Well, you said zombie deer. I was like, <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah, you can. Oh, yeah. Stay still. You can't see. <laughs> yeah. I laid on the floor and everything, and it wasn't bugs. I was like, oh. <laughs> They're calling it EHD. <laughs> Get out, boys. Get out, lads. Lights are on. Nobody's home. <laughs> That's a fact. Gentlemen, take care. All right, thank you. Thank you. This is my smoker. Yeah.
What was that? Like a sawn-off shotgun? That, wouldn't that barrel seem a bit... They've got like folding barrels now. <laughs> just look at that thing just stood there. <laughs> Yeah, um, there it ends. And uh, yeah, just think of the uh, prion spray that's uh, <laughs> the good old boys are just shot all over the <laughs> just a regular 18 inch barrel gun. All right, um, I'll, I'll defer expertise in that domain, but um, yeah, zombie deers lining up. So, uh, fictive reality always, always crashes into actual reality. Why don't you? You had a summary here. Um, I don't want to spend too long on this, but. We all know this. Uh, this was from The Guardian Friday, I think. Um, a lot higher than we expected. Russian arms production worries Europe's war planners. Now, just think who Europe's war planners are now. They're the... <laughs> they're the soy boys that let the power women come in to take the executive roles. That's who controls the corporate space in Europe. You could argue set up, designed to fail. Um, and because of their lack of, uh, how should we say, mm, real, real life rough and tumble, I would say. <laughs> they've just, uh, they've had the skids grease for them and uh, their snail trails of uh, power whamming slime. <laughs> grease their way up so that these people are sitting there making decisions about men's lives that go in and fight well now ukrainian women have to go and fight because there's no there's no men left and i can't imagine what that must be like on the battlefield well i should imagine when someone's just shooting at you <laughs> you're just gonna <laughs> fuck it up but um if you go in there and just find um that they've sent young girls to try and fight you um i don't know <sighs> messy anyway but uh let's see what it says moscow is massively well we'll read the uh we'll read the summary here so russia's significant military industrial production expansion its implication they have a massive industrial ramp up russia has undergone a massive industrial production ramp up over the last two years resulting in significant advantages in the ongoing war the country's total defense spending has risen to an estimated seven and a half percent of its gdp leading to a redistribution of wealth and a surge in employment within the military industrial complex and um those will be dude jobs making dude things that go fucking bang um the <laughs> who was that it was Iggy I was having this conversation with right and they're, they're just people are so divorced from reality and what they because uh, he's speaking about someone else and um, I promise to keep it um, on the download but anyway so they've got a defense centric economy now the transformation has put defense at the center of russia's economy with an estimated three and a half million russians employed in the military industrial complex machinists and welders in russian factories producing war equipment and now making more money than many white collar managers and lawyers oh dear whamming <laughs> you want that equal opportunity pay you gotta go and pick up the mig welder and uh breathe in toxic metal fumes all day <laughs> 
<laughs> She's zapping armoured bits of steel together. Concerns of NATO planners. European war planners have expressed concern over Russia's long-term war sustainability and its significant investments in military production. The extent of Russia's capacity and the impact on society remain uncertain, posing challenges for NATO planners. Artillery production and superiority. Russia has domestically manufactured a significant number of artillery shells, giving it a noteworthy advantage in artillery fire over Ukraine. The country's production trends in shells are deemed worrying by experts. Yeah, man, when you're getting your clock cleaned on the fucking battlefield they have today, you got a problem. And when it's the corporate executives that are there pushing real men into real trenches and then being blown to bits, um, People like me start to get uh, a little bit, uh, I should say, irked. Military-industrial complex transformation. Russia's military-industrial complex, previously inefficient, experienced a sudden ramp-up in defense production in 2022. And again, all this bullshit that they pulled about Russia being uh, um, basically incompetent, right? They didn't, they didn't have the expertise, the technologies, etc. I don't think that's what happened at all. I think we've seen a, a very restrained Russia as they have very still extant memories of what brother wars look like. And they know that they've been pulled into um, another brother war, in this case, Slav against Slav, um, for the, the corporate hydra, for it to suck up the blood. And as it's sucking up blood, it's spitting out digital ones and zeros and their crypto wallets are bulging uh let's see the country's ability to scale up military production unlike many western arms manufacturers has proved durable and unsophisticated but effective impact on society and economy the war has led to a significant redistribution of wealth in russia with workers at military factories and families of soldiers experiencing a dramatic increase in income bloody right the increase in defense spending poses challenges for maintaining social spending and avoiding inflation well you know you know that spending for uh, single mothers that are being taken care of by the states and they get clipped even more bravo another another little vote winner for papi putin okay and um, let's see, resource cushion and transformation. Russia has been able to import a significant number of shells and strategically stockpile them, providing a resource cushion for its war efforts. The high defence spending is set to transform the Russian economy, with defence becoming a leading sector. Uh, production losses and labour practices. Russia has sustained significant losses in armoured fighting vehicles, leading to refurbished vehicles sustaining the assault on Ukraine. Uh, yeah, I'm not buying that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know, in this type of, as, you know, you send the stuff that works first right you don't send um all your top gear out there and um the simple fact is that the russians have had parity and have executed the war in a manner in which should put israelis and zog supporters to shame Russian factories have gone on hiring sprees and enforced extended working hours at times using student and convict labor to meet production demands oh what like uh <laughs> we don't have uh prison production labor in the states and uh, an incentivized prison and jailing system there that we can be proud of hmm? all right um uh you all got any more of that comet drank <laughs> no uh let's see it was probably a head injury from running inside of a car uh it could be um i so say you don't know but the the zombie deer thing is real so um Make that what you will. So, uh, Sensei Warlord had a good take on this, just about uh, the 
taking of Avdivka. I'm not going to go into it. I'll, I'll just put the link in the chat. Um, it's well worth. I do enjoy his takes on what's happening on the ground there. Um, and uh, there was one bit I wanted to... Um, yeah, was it just the numbers? Um, the, the the disparity in casualties and numbers is is stark. And um, there's people who should be held fucking responsible for that. And there are people who are making um, bank right now. Find them. That would be my advice. If I was Ukrainian... <laughs> Once you've uh, once you've had your cringe pick taken with the <laughs> the it's the transitioned into a dude right Cirillo and there was a tweet by her the I put it in the Discord chat right where she was just saying that uh, what's happened in Abdivka is a massive military victory for the mighty Ukrainian forces well someone just needs to put a fist through that fucking <laughs> softened up estrogen filled face. Yeah, that's just me. All uh, right, so um, is that war news over with? No, I had something else. Uh, yeah, it was Telegram. And uh, yeah, this uh, viewing group, please. And Telegram desktop. Uh, yeah, fictive reality crashing literally into actual reality. Um, this is the Prime Minister for Denmark, I want to say. Um, is your sense that uh, there is... I mean, there is clearly a willingness within Europe and a sense, of, but, but I often hear we can't substitute for the Americans in the short term. We can't, we, we will step up, but, but there's a limit to what we can do. Do you, do you share that? Are you, I, do you think Europe is doing as much as it could be doing? No. Well, that was clear. Yeah. Um, no, but of, of course that it has to be the answer. Uh, not meaning. Dick, <laughs> look at, look at, look at the bull dyke down there sitting there in a fucking camo gear <laughs> and uh funnily enough who do we get to see in the frame in a minute that we haven't done a lot during the last two years because <laughs> now that that has got carpet muncher written all over it and um this this is what's dictating european war policy i'm afraid um <laughs> But there's a surprise as to who's sitting next to uh, the carpet muncher. We have, and we can be quite proud of our transatlantic community because it has never been stronger than it is today. But I think it's quite clear to all of us that it is not enough. So we have to speed up and we have to scale up. And no matter what will happen in the US, the conclusion has to be written already now as Europeans. We have to be able to protect ourselves. And to protect ourselves, we need to deliver what is needed in Ukraine now. And uh, I really enjoy uh, this conference and this. Sorry, <laughs> I, I think we. All... Um, yeah, <laughs> things just crashing in, and um, again, there was no need. This was a war of choice made. Um, Europe didn't have to get involved, and um, stupidly have done, and. As far as I'm concerned, again, these these corporations are looking for reasons to live. And um, these leeches are feeding all of it as well. And um, they, they sleep perfectly fine in their whatever bull and bush fucking sheets at night. <laughs> as they think of their bank accounts ticking up a few more percent 
with each body that gets carried off the battlefield. All enjoy uh, this conference and, and, and to meet each other, but the sense of urgency is simply not. Look who's there. Look who's there sitting there <laughs> like a wizened old witch. Killery. <laughs> Fucking US State Department, man. The needs to let it burn. <laughs> A sea of stinky horse pussy in 3,000 euro pantsuits. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, roll the podgy. You have a way with the words, you silver tongue devil. Not clear enough uh, in, in, in our discussions. And. Uh, I think it's important, of course, to address the long-term perspective. Totally uh, agree with you, Kaya, on, on European production. I was here in Germany just a few days ago to, to open up an ammunition um, factory together with the German Chancellor, and we have to do much more. But if you ask the Ukraines, they are asking us for ammunition now. Artillery now. Uh, from, from the Danish side, we, we decided to donate our entire artillery. And, and, and I'm sorry to say... Oh, the, the pain. <laughs> We've given them... Well, it's probably about two, three thousand shells. <laughs> most. But... This is, again, like the, the headspace that these cretins must live in, right? That they think that, that there will be no comeback. That they can just keep playing the game, pushing it, kicking the can down the road, and um, I ain't so sure. Friends, there are still ammunition in stock in Europe. This is not only a question about production, because we have weapons. We have. Yeah, so, so you give, you hand over more of those, whatever they are. What do they call them? What's the type? Taurus, whatever. And. The and so you add longer strike capabilities to Ukraine. Do you think Russia is just going to sit back in that instance and keep letting that happen? It's not going to. Or what it's going to lead to is just more escalation and more carnage on again European soils. Barely even eighty years after we put away the last one, um, and to see. This, this, as the figurehead, along with the free trannies I had the other day. Imagine those barking orders to you. Oh, soldier, get it! Kill for me! I got stuck options! <laughs> Just. Ain't my war, bitch. I ain't playing. <laughs> let them let fucking burn, man. Let them all fucking burn. Have ammunitions. Uh, we have air defense that we don't have to use ourselves at the moment that we should deliver to Ukraine. So, the, <laughs> so uh, as Kaya said, we need not to be pessimistic because we have to solve this situation. But, but Russia, Russia do not want peace with us. They are decent. <laughs> right. And, you know, aside from, you know, the glib propaganda line there, we literally had Putin saying, look, we're ready to talk anytime. Stop supplying fucking weapons. The war will be over. And no, we're, we're still in there, in that hole, digging straight down. The thing is, <laughs> those bitches ain't picking up any shovels to do the digging. Kev, are you reading WTYL comments? Um, 
it's not working smoothly. I'll try and um, switch it on. Let me. Uh, let's see, get those people to the front right fucking now. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Put their skin in the game. See how quick uh, the war comes to the end then. Stabilizing the Western world from many different angles in the Arctic region, in Balkan, in Africa, with disinformation, with cyber attacks. With there it is. There it is. There you go. Disinformation. And it's, it's this categorization now of the, your right to free speech. We had this pr codified pretty well, but this is them rejigging the vernacular to be able to, again, categorize you as an enemy combatant if you're looking at this lineup of fetid horse pussies. <laughs> the, <laughs> the comment was earlier. Um, the... <sighs> It's so fucking depressing. War, and obviously in Ukraine. So if they don't want peace, we have to be able to... It's in our transatlantic community. And uh, our alliance is now 75 years old. It has been the strongest alliance the world has ever seen. But no matter what will happen in the US, the responsibility for Europe has to be in Europe. And Look at that old hag sitting there nodding in agreement. <laughs> Why? Why? It's some it's some sick, demented joke right now. Um, this is a carefully laid out submission statement when that reckoning hour comes. Um, yeah. Isn't a stock portfolio enough skin in the game? No, sorry. Sorry, man. I want to see I want to see those fuckers plugging up holes with mud. Lipping back. <laughs> but for, there was another thing in here that was. Oh, yeah. Washington and London, as well as most of the EU countries, are complicit in the crimes committed by the gang in Kiev. Today, Security Council members have a chance to fulfill their duty and to objectively assess what happened a few hours ago, the terrorist attack by the Kiev regime against a civilian city of Russia, Belgorod. The city's center and residential areas were shelled using cluster munitions from MRLS from a border city of Volchansk in Kharkov region. And as the more threats there are to us, the more firmly we will act. This should be clear to everyone. Yeah. That's <laughs> pretty clear to me. Listen, bull dykes, um, sit down, let the men take over, and then this will all be put to bed, lickety split, and uh, we can get on doing, going back to normal things. <laughs> but uh, who knows, says I might need a few beers to get stinky horse pussy out of my memory. <laughs> uh, you know. That's why people come here for the uh, the top uh, the top analytical political takes that the dog throws out. What did I have next? Um, yeah, so it's this guy. Uh, oh no, not this guy. But uh, this came up the other day. I wanted to play it. It sort of 
I'll do it just for completeness. Today has found evidence suggesting that Western pharmaceutical companies have been carrying out drug trials on Ukrainians for nearly a decade. Even newborns were said to be involved. Now, this all allegedly took place following the 2014 coup. RT Steve Sweeney picks up the story. Reconstruction work is taking place across Mariupol, with many of the buildings here destroyed during the fighting. More is being discovered about what happened in the city along the way. In December 2023, construction workers at this former psychiatric hospital made a shocking discovery. In this basement, they found a trove of documents and medication indicating that mass clinical trials had taken place on the local population for many years. Many different drugs have been tested according to the files and the documents that we found. This map indicates the scale of the operation with experiments taking place at at least eight centres across the city. Authorities believe that this is just the tip of the iceberg. We found documents that suggested thousands of people have been involved in experiments, with trials carried out for major pharmaceutical companies, including Pfizer, AstraZeneca, Sanofi, Medical Line, and others. Bloods and other samples were collected and then sent to labs and clinics in Europe and the United States for testing, the results of which are unknown. Most shockingly, children and newborn babies are included among the list of those exposed to the testing which one doctor says is not only unethical, but potentially unlawful. First of all, the illegal participation in such research and the illegal conduct of such research violate one of the most important laws, the law on the value of human life and the value of health. In addition, any such research involves sending biological material, including that containing sensitive information, such as genetic data or certain genetic polymorphisms, to third parties who can use this information for completely different purposes. We can't be sure what happened how the ethics of such experiments was considered acceptable and the clinical trials approved. Manny bitch, that's how it went down. We didn't see any documents and were unable to trace the patients involved, with what really happened in Mariupol shrouded in secrecy. But Ukraine has a history when it comes to children and drug trials. In 2013, scandal broke out in the Ukrainian RADA when concerns were raised over orphaned children being allegedly used as human guinea pigs, tested on without consent, with the regional hospital in Poltava not having the necessary approval to carry out clinical trials. Procedures for clinical trials of medications submitted for registration have been carried out in Ukraine with numerous violations. A glaring fact is the conduct of tests involving orphans, including after the expiration of their insurance contract or without the permission of one of the parents and even worse, with violations of the information consent of minor patients. But instead of taking action, the Ministry of Health went on the offensive, with the lawmakers who raised the issue threatened with having charges brought against them. As officials denied that children had been tested on in Poltava, they said such trials were against the law, opening serious questions about what happened in Mariupol. The Prosecutor's Office, the Regional Health Administration of Poltava Regional State Administration and the Ministry of Health carried out an investigation and concluded that no clinical trials or testing of any drug or vaccine in the Poltava region or in the whole of Ukraine were performed. Firstly, it is forbidden by law. Drug companies often seek to offshore clinical trials on humans to developing and emerging countries where they can find a large pool of vulnerable people along with a lax regulatory framework. Post-Soviet countries remain fertile ground and given the level of corruption in Ukraine, it became a prime target. 
The first clinical trials took place there in 1996. In 1998, just 20 international trials took place in Ukraine. Within 10 years, this figure reached 466, with an upward trend continuing. 888 clinical trials were taking place in Ukraine in 2022. The number of sites approved to conduct clinical trials followed a similar trend, rising from 175 in 2001 to more than 1,300 in 2009. One of the drug companies listed in the documents found in the Mariupol basement, Sanofi, was so keen to continue its trials that they evacuated people to western Ukraine. Sanofi's teams on the ground have made really heroic efforts to move patients from the study out of Ukrainian territories affected by the conflict and to the relatively safer west of the country or into clinical sites in neighboring countries. <laughs> Unless we get found out for all the medical countermeasures, experimental medical countermeasures we've thrown at them. <laughs> of course, perfectly legal and above board, even if morally suspect. One name crops up in the documents over and over again. Dr. Andrei Gnilorybov. He is now understood to be in Kiev, an expert rheumatologist, his career built off the back of the tests that took place in Mariupol. Grilorybov is well paid and lives a comfortable life, unlike many of his former patients. My mother got sick. They gave her drugs. I asked her what medications she was taking, but she didn't give me a clear answer. She said that the drugs were simply given from a white box. Her condition worsened over the course of a month, and then she died. They did not take any responsibility, did not find anyone, and did not provide any help. Big pharmaceutical companies ensure their contracts contain clauses that exclude such payouts as they make bumper profits for their shareholders. These boxes of documents contain the secrets of the mass trials and experiments that took place here in the Donetsk Republic. Full investigations will take time and may reveal just how the people here were used as human guinea pigs. Disturbing, and like I say, you know, a lot of that is just, you probably just said it's corporate, corporate research. Um, but I, I would be very suspect of it right now. Um, this in about uh, let's see, Mike Benz. Um, Mike Benz, a conservative crusader against online censorship, appears to have a secret history as an alt right persona. Train game, the pseudonym of an alt right internet personality, hid his face while pushing racist conspiracy theories. Oh, I like him already. Inadvertent slips revealed details about his identity. <laughs> Michael Benz, former Trump State Department official whose work has been cited in congressional hearings by Elon Musk, has become a go to voice for public criticism of government and social media censorship in the past year. But before his stints in government as a pundit, Benz appears to have been a pseudonymous alt right content creator recorded and interacted with white nationalists and posted videos espousing racist conspiracy theories according to recordings, live streams and blog posts reviewed by NBC News. Yeah, I want to see the content of those. <laughs> some uh, some Chad memes going back and forth. <laughs> the pseudonym Frame Game posted videos and participated in podcasts and live streams during the rise of the alt-right following Donald Trump's elections. Frame Games avoided showing his face in his videos or appearances, during which he pushed a variety of far-right narratives, including Great Replacement Theory. Oh yeah, there's no evidence to back that up at all. <laughs> Deposits the white race is being eradicated in America for politics and profits. Nah, that couldn't happen at all. Nah. Wait. All those streets lost to uh, Muslims. It's in your imagination, Lex Bill. 
Frame Game said he was a white identitarian, railed against the idea of diversity, and made montages urging white viewers to unite under the banner of race. Uh, <laughs> Being group preference. In interviews with white nationalists, Frame Game blamed Jews for controlling the media. Great. The Jew. Always comes through. And for the decline of the white race, if you were to remove the Jew influence on the West, he said in one video, white people would not face the threat of white genocide that they currently do. Frame game. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hilarious, man. I mean, yeah, is it it sort of feddy posty? Maybe. Um... Frame Game stopped posting in 2018. A review of his content revealed various details that match Ben's appearance and life story. Ben's in his public post and appearance has not espoused the same racist views as Frame Game. Frame Game went to some lengths to conceal his identity, but would inadvertent slips during several live streams in which he would often visit pages and toggle between browser tabs betrayed his anonymity. In one video, Frame Game brought up a website that automatically pulled a Facebook profile picture into its comments section. The picture appeared to be Ben's with his then wife. Ben's voice is also similar to Frame Games. This again, just the this tactic of uh, oh my god, oh my racisms, <laughs> and trying to use that as this sort of social clamp and control. Um, if you if you can't see the prison walls they're building around you, um, I can't help you. And um, the they've weaponized that to the and you know has he been part of it? Maybe in the planning. I don't know. Maybe maybe he really thinks that. The uh, <laughs> blame for everything. I don't know. Um, again, uh, in this information domain, uh, I guess you've got to just take each piece as it comes. Some podcasts on social media, Frame Game divulged other biographical information that mirrors details found in Ben's public records and archived social media accounts. Frame Game often shared his background as a Jewish attorney living in New York City and told interviewers he'd studied psychology at an Ivy League college graduating magna cum laude. These details match an archive LinkedIn profile for Ben's, which said he graduated magna cum laude from the University of Pennsylvania with a bachelor's degree in psychology. Oh, so... The Jew! <laughs> it's really coming through now. Um, the best way to uh, control the opposition is be the opposition. <laughs> An acquaintance of Ben's who asked not to be named because of fear of backlash from Ben's followers told NBC News that Ben's had once told them he published online under the name Frame Game. Reached by phone, Ben's declined to speak to a reporter saying he was very busy. When asked if he had a comment on his previous writings as Frame Game, Ben's hung up. He did not respond to voice messages, etc. I, I mean, who cares? I mean, <laughs> I don't. You gotta pin your colours to your chest and uh, stand stab proud on the quarterdeck. Embrace your casual racisms. It's there for a reason. Evolution put it there. Do not uh, do not throw it away just because some bull dyke told you to. Um, see. Same with Twitter files. Um, dildos. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, is it is it? It's a long article. I'm not reading it all, but um, yeah, are these people going to be sitting in nodes and uh, trying to push buttons? Yeah, of course. Um, can it be used? Um, are they dropping ammo in the fact that they're having to make these uh, positional moves on the board? Yes, pick it up, use it. Um, uh, let's see. <laughs> Where was it? Oh, was it? 
I thought they were saying he led the uh, Tiki Talk march uh, in Torch, sorry, in Charlottesville. Uh, he often appeared on podcasts of white supremacists, including Patrick Casey of the group then known as Identity Europa, which helped plan the deadly Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville. The Canadian white supremacist Jean-Francois Grepis. <laughs> ah, the money from Epstein is better in my pocket as I fuck retards, uh, Grepi. Frame Game discussed his views that whites are being systemically replaced by non-whites, which he claimed the Jew. were responsible for. If I... A member of the tribe, Hebrew schooled, can read Mein Kampf and think, holy shit, Hitler actually had some decent points, then no one is safe from hating you once they find out who is behind the white genocide happening all over the world. He wrote another post. <laughs> this article's fucking great. <laughs> uh, um, let's see. Ben said he did it to find anti-Semitic people and get them in trouble with authorities. Um, yeah, look, um, <laughs> hashtag not all, but keep a BDI on everyone that you think might be all right. <laughs> In interviews with white nationalists, Frame Game said that he doesn't share the same end goals, such as a white ethno state. I want white identity politics to grow like wildfire he said in an interview with white nationalist publication in 2018 adding that his goals weren't a white ethno state but a stop to ethnic identity politics in america and to reverse a white demographic suicide look we're in different movement but there's overlaps frame game told the interviewer and avowed white nationalist i just want white positivity to be normal instead of white toxicity if you want something more than that cool um you know hashtag white coon winter Frame Game's online persona began to run into some of the same issues that Benz would later rail against, social media moderation. The rise of the alt-right online and proliferation of hate speech triggered calls from civil society organisations and politicians for companies to take action. Yeah, I want to be taking some action against those uh, civil society organisations. <laughs> if you get my meaning. Many did institute new policies and punishments that began to limit the kind of content that Frame Game propagated. That's his fault I can't get out on the internet then. By 2018, Frame Game had received multiple warnings and strikes on his YouTube videos. He posted that titles like How White People Turned Alt-Right Were Being Censored. Sometime in the fall of 2018, Frame Game made his videos private, seeing we stepped away from the channel altogether. Many of his videos have been archived or republished on alternative platforms. Frame Game also disappeared from Twitter. YouTube did not respond to a request for comment. By winter 2018, Benz had taken a job as an assistant secretary for public affairs at the Department of Housing and Urban Development, writing speeches for then-secretary Ben Carson. He left in 2020 and went to the State Department, uh, went to the Department of State, where he held the position of Deputy Assistant Secretary for International Communications and Information Technology for less than a year. Benz parlayed his credentials, a background in law and a short stint in government, into a self-styled position of cyber expert and offered his positions to a new group of lawmakers, activists and journalists, fight against what they have deemed a censorship industrial complex. Look, man, um, if you're shooting in the right direction, I'll, uh, I'll use it as cover. In April 2022, Benz registered the Foundation for Freedom Online, a group of unknown sides that describes itself as offering nonpartisan insights and assistance to all people stake and stand for freedom of speech, freedom of expression, and the free exchange of ideas online. Sounds, uh, sounds peachy to me. Thus far, the foundation seems a vehicle for blog posts from Benz that have been promoted by Republican lawmakers in at least two official reports on alleged mass censorship. Benz also connected through Twitter spaces with Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger. <laughs> the Jews! Always come through. Two of the people from whom Elon Musk had tapped to report out so-called Twitter files. In March, Schellenberger appeared on Joe Rogan Experience podcast and explained the importance of Benz to the Twitter files reporting, misstating his credentials as the head of cyber at the State Department, a senior guy named Mike Benz. 
It's hard to understand, Schellenberger said of Ben's research, which draws far-reaching links between disinformation researchers, Twitter employees and state intelligence agencies, suggesting a widespread conspiracy. You have to really go through it in a in a packet. I used a bunch of it in my testimony. I talked to him. I interviewed him a lot. Ben's appeared in the audience behind Schellenberger and TB at a March hearing before the House Judiciary Select Subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government, not along as Schellenberger testified. He was quoted in reports that questioned the very existence of disinformation and disparaged researchers' texts that were later used as evidence in House and Senate meeting hearings, including Jordan's weaponization subcommittee. When reached for comment about Ben's and his connections to frame game, Schellenberger said in an email, Mike Ben's has done some of the best research for anyone exposing the censorship industrial complex and I was glad to draw from it for our own reporting about the ways in which the US government and its proxies coerce and inspire censorship by social media companies with disfavoured views and voices. I have no knowledge of Ben's other views and I'm sceptical they would change my view of his research into the censorship industrial complex. TV did not respond to a request for comment. Ben's has gotten the attention of Must2, the billionaire owner of the X platform has publicly replied to some of Ben's posts on the platform. Ben's at one point tweeted about how the leader of X's team meant to deal with disinformation in election integrity claiming they were trying to rig election discourse on x oh yeah <laughs> it's a, all fake and gay that uh election rigging mm. sounds like centripede is right um yeah maybe and again the you have to think they play a complex game at the top um there are bits in there, though, that you can say, and that bit is right. And you can use it and say, <laughs> we have to have this, um, we can't have these corporations. They're, they've literally taken the step of calling you enemy competence for dealing in dis and misinformation. What they deem mis and disinformation. So everything that I'm saying to you is, is making me an enemy comp competent in the eyes of the state corporate actors excuse me and um this it that's a real problem i deal with it on a daily basis um now you know i would just be careful about purity tests in this take what seems the coherent arguments and you know, if he's i don't know if he has to uh eat gefilte fish a couple of times a year <laughs> what the, if that's a big deal or not um, you know, is he uh is he bowing down and uh <laughs> getting the blood for the matzah at, uh for his downward festivals? I don't know. <laughs> there's you know, there's that there's limits, right, to any data set. So Benz has amassed 99,000 followers on X and has been featured in scores of interviews with Fox News, OANN, Real America's Voice and the Epoch Times. A few in his former audience said they recognized Bend. Dude, loved your old YouTube channel back in the before times. Any chance of donning the green hoodie again? One user posted to X in September in response to a post from Benz. 2017, Framegame tweeted his concern of what information might be unearthed about him in 10 years. This is my story, he wrote. <laughs> he glows a bit. <laughs> But, um, yeah. You guys know that great quote, the man in the arena? This is, what, this is why I call him Saint Alex. Okay, here's a quote by, what was it, uh, Teddy Roosevelt? This is why I don't give a about those who counter signal Saint Alex, okay? 
because he is the man in the arena. Here's Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> uh, I know the house. In- Shut it, bitch. All right. Um, I think we can get to some science. Let's get back to those deer, shall we? So um, we were looking at this the other day, which is stopping latest outbreak threat, chronic wasting disease. And the concern right now is as we look at the extant stuff, uh, emergent stuff on the strategy board, um, is it possible that if there is a mass, I don't know, let's, let's say they start doing regular cyclic amplification for prions and they find a signal that they can't hide. Um, what would they do? Are they going to put their hands up and say, ah, sorry, governor, we fucked up. We did inject you with prion catalyzing epitopes. Or would they try and blame something like chronic wasting disease where there would be ambiguity about um, its origins? Um, I would wager it would be highly likely that they would try to point at something like this, that there had been a species crossover, anything, and then that they can make a whole brouhaha about that, and then we can all argue back and forth on Twitter for the next five years if that's true or not. Um, And I'm... My job is just to read through these data points and um, just see, is there potential for that crossover to occur um we need to know and um you know the if it would if it was constrained entirely to the u.s then maybe they could make the argument that that um emergence right if if what we're dealing with is a sort of runaway catalysis and the in the bloods of and cardiovascular systems of reproductive members of society and they're getting um, incapacitated or um, worse killed and this and prions and prion mechanisms are at the heart of it what 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 do they do that's that's the question you should be asking how would how would that scenario um, emerge out of the um, the swamp as it were so Paul Podge says, even a glowing clock is right now and then. Yeah, yeah. Um, people say all sorts of shit about me online. The question is, am I on target with the stuff that matters, right? The the, the entertainment stuff is just that. That's entertainment in this day and age, right? I mean, you look back at it in 20 years and be like, oh, God, that was, that was cringe. But, you know, the, the it's a... Well, the way the way that I see it, it's it's a means to an end, right? And you know, I'm adept at operating in this particular space, and it means going over. And, and we can see how important that this identifying this um, the, this corporate world who likely had their trigger and kicked off what's happened over the last four years, and maybe have the <laughs> their fingerprints all over a mass incapacitation prion killing event over the next decades and you know we need to we need to know and understand that and you know the it's going to be a bumpy ride on the internet as you're trying to hone in on exactly what it is that we're dealing with 
I hope we are rewatching these streams in 20 years. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe, maybe not. So let's have a look at this article. So transmission of a cervid prion. So basically deer, sheep, moose, uh, moose, yeah, and uh, reindeer. Prions to humanize mice demonstrates the zoonotic potential of chronic wasting disease. And this paper from 2022. And uh, where is this? Um, Canada. Mm. I know someone at Hotchkiss Brain Institute. Kiss? Susan Kiss? Neurosurgeon. Nice lady. Um, anyway, prions cause infections, uh, infectious and fatal neurons. <laughs> actually, which was a charmer to me, actually. I remember just being really hung over in uh, the next day getting lectures. I'd had a, I'd won the award for, um, Beth at the, what was it called? Uh, um, Society for Neurosurgeons or something like that. <laughs> Can't read it. My eyes are gone. Um, I've won the award for uh, best um, research, preclinical research, and yeah, I got a bunch of money and a few, few hundred bucks, and uh, yeah, I was a toast of the parties. And there were, you know, many people, and it happened in Japan as well. It was, it was a cool year. It was a nice, uh, nice moment in my career. <laughs> I got, I got fucking steaming drunk, and I remember just being in the uh, the audience. And she was sort of sitting next to me, chatting away because we we had a lot of sort of crossover of techniques. And she she ran up to her hotel room to get me some ibuprofen. <laughs> I was hard looking a bit peaked around the gills, so I'm forever forever thankful to that. All right, so uh, prions cause infectious and fatal neurodegenerative diseases in mammals. You are a mammal. Chronic wasting disease, a prion disease of cervids, spreads efficiently among wild and farmed animals. Potential transmission to humans of CWD is a growing concern due to its increasing prevalence. Here we provide evidence for a zoonotic potential of CWD prions and its probable signature using mice expressing human prion protein as an infection model. Inoculation of these mice with deer CWD isolates resulted in atypical clinical manifestation with prion seeding activity and efficient transmissible infectivity in the brain and remarkably in feces but without classical neuropathological or western blot appearance of prion diseases but without classical neuropathological or western blot appearances of prion diseases mm, interesting um this could be a good paper, I think. Intriguingly, the protease-resistant PRP in the brain resembled that found in a familial human prion disease and was transmissible upon second passage. My results suggest that CWD might infect humans, although the transmission barrier is likely higher compared to zoonotic transmission of cattle prions. Notably, ADADA suggests a different clinical presentation, prion signature and tissue tropism. Interesting, which causes challenges for detection by current diagnostic assays. Furthermore, the presence of infectious prions in feces is concerning because if this occurs in humans, it is a source for human-to-human -human transmission. These findings have strong implications for public health and CWD management. Ah, yeah, all those... Uh... <laughs> I'll not say it. Uh, what are they called? Coprophiliacs, right? It's just, uh, you know, you might, you might be want to be rethinking some of your lifestyle choices. <laughs> mm -mm -mm. 
let's see. Is it wrong to hope that they release something to which they do not have protection? Did they really expect the prion issue coming back at them? If they do think that they have countermeasures, are they really of a type that you'd want to take them for the whole of your life? Um, yeah, I mean, this is something we've sort of talked through. It may be that these people are just um, full-on cult believers and uh, they, 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 we're, all, we're all jumping in the fire together, um, uh, you know, but they just want to load the dice in their favour somewhat. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All all I know is is we've got we've got this data point that is it's held together and it keeps you know it's like you start tugging on a thread and here we are 4 years later and still the data is pouring into those but we're not short of data to look at. And if, if if I was off the mark, there wouldn't be how many people do we have today? Um, well, well over one hundred and fifty watching live. Um, the would this hypothesis can't be dismissed, and therefore, so therefore, we we have to keep paying attention to it, um, and you know, I just. Think back to that schematic that Charles made where he just overlaid the outbreaks of chronic wasting disease and its appearance around essentially research BSL-4 laboratories. Um, I don't think that's an accident. And, you know, just from what we understand about the... I, I, yeah, there are some things you sort of have to take as, you know, they're fairly solid steps you can take on the data, which is that the biochemical properties seem repeatable. Protease resistant, um, resistant in the environment, transmissible, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so from there, we try to work, work our way towards if there is actually a problem or not. And, you know, we read a paper the other day just about, well, was, I think it was this one, the Scientific American paper, with it, just the numbers of people eating um, I can't remember. I'm not reading it right now, but um, um, that molecular signature is there. And it's there from the virus and gene transfection shot and we're potentially seeing all kinds of strange pathologies that w would sort of meet the criteria that you would expect from that sort of causal agent you can't dismiss that you may not like me but the data that i'm bringing is coherent and consistent and that's why people put up with the antics that i do um it's um just is what it is and this the thing is there's very few people that had the capability of wrapping or pulling this stuff together they still aren't grasping it right <laughs> you know they're not beating down my door to uh get my takes on this stuff right um it's leaking out more and you know the Stuff is all over the internet with Dr. McCann prions now. So more and more people, hopefully organically, will come to uh, listen to the the science. You may you may not like the uh, the commentary on the global events that I give. 
tough shit. <laughs> That's what I have to say. Put up with it. I have to listen to so much dog shit. Uh, um, you're going to get venting from the dog. Um, uh, let's see. Who knows? says, I don't often catch streams live UK time, and I miss whatever stream that was entirely, but great minds. Um, I don't know what you're on about. Um, uh, they're so into transhumanism and hermeticism that the countermeasures might be as unpalatable as just the disease itself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, like I say, I don't, I, I will make an attempt at looking to see if we can, one, reliably get the amyloidogenic signal. And what type of amyloidogenic signal is it? Is it capable of seeding and passaging so that it's acting like a transmissible disease? I, I will try my best um, with the limited resources that I have. And the thing is, if there were people that were really serious, about what's actually going on, they would. They should just be saying to me, <laughs> "Okay, you don't worry about those research expenses. We've got those covered. Find the answer to that question." And um, maybe, that, maybe they've just, yeah, they just, they've decided they'd rather go with someone else. Um, I don't know. Um, they've got the infrastructure to do it. Um, would they be? The question is who would they be working for and who would they give that data to? And there you get into the ethics of the science and the, um, the moral and ethical questions about who should and shouldn't be doing um, this type of research. All right, anyway. Uh, prions are causative agents of transmissible and fatal neurodegenerative diseases of humans. Yes, 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 animals. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Prion diseases characterized by the accumulation in the brain of infectious prion protein derived after a structural transitions from its host encoded cellular isoform PRPC. CWD is the only prion disease known to affect both free-roaming and farmed animals. Cervid species naturally affected by CWD include white-tailed deer, mule deer, red deer, moose, and reindeer. As of today, it has been identified in 30 U.S. states with a prevalence as high as 40% in certain endemic areas. Look, that's a fucking extraordinary number. Right? I don't know, how long does a deer live? Like five years? Can't be more than that, right? As of today, it's been... I did that... In certain endemic areas, four Canadian provinces, South Korea, and three northern European countries, Norway, Finland, and Sweden. For most prion diseases, with the exception of scraping and CWD, infectious prions are mostly confined to the central nervous system. In contrast, in cervids affected with CWD, infectivity has been found in the lymphatic system, salivary gland, intestinal tract, muscles, antler velvet, blood, urine, saliva, and feces. Um, I might take issue about uh, the confining to the nervous system of other prions. More recent data with more sensitive techniques does find that its tissue tropism is more widespread. Um, CWD prions are shed into the environment by body fluids and excreta. They bind to soil and are taken up by plants, making the environment infectious for decades to come. The persistence of CWD prions in the environment amplifies the already effective transmission within and between cervid species. Therefore, CWD is considered to be the most contagious prion disease with fast-spreading and efficient horizontal transmission. Um, S1 segment from SARS-CoV-2 says, hold my beer. 
Zoonotic BSE variant VCJD provides undeniable evidence that animal prions can infect humans, resulting in distinct disease manifestations and strain properties. Epidemiological studies in CWD endemic areas have neither indicated an increased incidence of CJD patients nor unusual prion disease subtypes. Numerous studies assessing the zoonotic potential of CWD both in vitro and in vivo overall conclude that the risk of CWD crossing the human barrier is low. We looked at this the other week. However, prions are dynamic and evolving and interspecies passage of CWD can result in prion adaptation to new host species. The existence of more than one CWD strain may contribute to higher heterogeneity in disease and transmission profiles. In vitro studies using protein misfolding cyclic amplification demonstrated that PRP-CWD can convert human PRPC into PRP-CWD. However, this was achieved efficiently only after prion strain stabilization and adaptation in vitro or in vivo. Efficiency of PMCA conversion also depended on a human PRP polymorphism at position 129, methionine valine, affecting susceptibility to prion diseases in humans, especially in the only to date known human prion disease acquired after animal prions cross the species barrier. In contrast, most in vivo studies indicated that inoculation of different CWD prion isolates into transgenic mice overexpressing human PRPC with different genotypes, a codon. 129 did not result in disease. So um, that polymorphism at 129 is not in the equation here then, I guess. A recent study by Wang et al. showed that transgenic mice overexpressing human M129 and M valine 129 are susceptible to in vitro generated PRP chronic wasting disease with elk CWD used as a seed and human valine PRPC used as a substrate in PMCA. In addition, in this study, PRP CWD could only convert valine 129 PRPC substrate in vitro, but not methionine. Hmm. Okay, so it does play a role. Squirrel monkeys were found to be susceptible to intracerebral and oral CWD infection, while Cinemogulus macaques, Macaca fasicularis, have conflicting results. Race and collaborators have reported that the latter non-human primate model was not susceptible to CWD, while a consortium study, including our group, reported an atypical phenotype and positive real-time quaking-induced conversion and PMC assays in harvested tissues from macaques after challenge with CWD using different routes of inoculation. The human species barrier to CWD infection is presented as strong by most of the studies, yet these findings are still a matter of debate. In the absence of effective management strategies, the prevalence of CWD, the affected geographical areas and the host species range of CWD are increasing, and with that the potential for human exposure to CWD prions is also increasing. In addition, infectious prions have been found in skeletal muscle and antler velvet in infected cervids, raising yet more concerns about zoonotic transmission of CWD through venison consumption and or application of cervid products in traditional medicines. In this study, we evaluated the zoonotic potential of CWD using a transgenic mouse model overexpressing human M129PRPC. We inoculated TG650 mice intracerebrally with two deer isolates, Wisconsin 1 and 116AG, we demonstrate that this transgenic line was susceptible to infection with CWD prions and displayed a distinct leading clinical sign, an atypical PRP-SC signature and unusual fecal shedding of infectious prions. Importantly, these prions generated by the human PRP transgenic mice were transmissible upon passage. 
Our results are the first evidence of a zoonotic risk of CWD when using one of the most common CWD strains, WISC-1, CWD, D1, for infection. We demonstrated in a human transgenic mouse model that the species barrier for transmission of CWD to humans is not absolute. The fact that its signature was not typical raises the question whether CWD would manifest in humans as a subclinical infection, whether it would arise through direct or indirect transmission, including an intermediate host, or a silent to uncovered human-to-human -human transmission, and whether current detection techniques will be sufficient to unveil its presence. Hmm? All, all important questions. Who knows says, yes, really disappointed that quote unquote good guys don't sling you a few bucks. Um, well, you know, I do have a good guy right now that wants to have a look. That's why I've still got to raise a living, right? But um, I've got help to do some science right now. So um, I'm pushing ahead. And um, all, all I need to do is just keep feeding myself. Um, the And keep doing this. I think this is important. And um, I'll give you the data as quickly as I get it. Um, it'll take a little while. But, um, you know, when I set out to do science, <laughs> the results are, uh, how should we say, um, yeah, usually interesting. All right. So let's see. Study has the approval of Canadian Human Ethics Boards for the use of CJD isolates and strictly follow the guidelines of the Canadian Council for Animal Care. All experiments detailed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prion material. Prion isolates were prepared separately. 20% uh, WV brain homogenates in phosphate buffered saline using MP Biomedical's Fast Prep 24 homogenizer. Aliquots were stored at minus 80 until further use. Homogenization and aliquoting of CWI. CWD isolates was done in two different laboratories. During handling, gloves were changed between CWD isolates to avoid any cross-contamination. whisk one deer isolate was obtained upon experimentation, infection of white-tailed deer, wild-type PRMP genotype, orally dosed with CWD inoculum from hunter-harvested deer. This isolate was characterized as whisk one strain. The 116AG isolate was a field isolate from an animal with a polymorphic PRMP genotype whatever that is, QQQ, QQQ, whatever. It was from a five-year-old white male, uh, wild male, white-tailed deer that was reported to exhibit clinical signs, wasting syndrome, was tested positive for CWD after its death in the field. Except for residue 116, no other polymorphisms were found in the PIMP gene of this animal as a positive control for Western blots. We used MM1, SCJD, MM2B, VCJD brain tissues, kindly provided by Stephanie Hake. Uh, that were handled in a separate laboratory. Fecal homogenates were prepared according to a well-established protocol in a lab. Briefly, fecal pellets collected from CWD inoculated TG50 mice and age-match controls were weighed and prepared in fecal extraction buffer composed of 20 millimolar sodium phosphate. I'm interested in these uh, technical details at the moment, so you'll have to bear with me as I read through them. Uh, 100 millimolar, millimolar sodium chloride between... 
PMSF, one times complete protease inhibitors at final concentration of 20%. Fecal pellets were homogenized in MP Biomedicals Fast Prep 24 homogenizer and placed on a rotary shaker for one hour at room temperature and centrifuged at 18,000 G for five minutes. Supernatants were collected. Fecal homogenate one mil was mixed with N laurel sarcosine at a final concentration of 2% and incubated at 37 degrees C with constant shaking at 1400 RPM for 30 minutes. The samples were adjusted to 0.3% sodium phosphate tungstic acid adding a stock solution containing 4% naphtha and 170 millimolar magnesium chloride incubated for two hours at 37 degrees C with constant shaking centrifuged for 30 minutes maximum at room temperature pellets were washed using cell lysis buffer yeah, 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 and resuspended so all animal suspensions uh, transmissions in TG650 and bank vol models are summarized in this scheme um, so the bank vol, remember, is a universal recipient to all prions. And we should delve into why that is the case, but, um, you know, time and that. We use TGE650 mice, a transgenic mouse line that overexpresses human PRPC approximately sixfold. Ah, yeah. The lifespan of these animals is about two and a half years, and they're not known to develop any spontaneous prion disease. We intracerebrally inoculated 10 six to eight week old TG650 female mice with 1% brain homogenates from CWD white positive white tailed deer, or a pool of 1% brain spinal cord homogenates from first passage TG650 650 whisk one mouse into the right parietal lobe using a 25 gauge disposable hypodermic needle. Only female mice were used to prevent serious fighting between male mice. Alongside the CWD inoculated TG650 mice, we also had nine uninoculated TG650 age match controls. Strict guidelines were followed to avoid cross-contamination between the CWD isolates during the inoculation procedure and throughout the course of the experiment. No human prion-infected materials were handled in the animal facility where the inoculated TG650 mice were housed. We also inoculated bank voles expressing methionine at position 109, the PRMP gene. Two to three months old male and female bank voles were intracerebral inoculated or 10% fecal homogenates that were sonicated in two second bursts, followed by a rest time of one second for eight minutes. Sonication was used to damage nucleic acids and inactivate bacteria and viruses with minimal effects on protein titers. The second passage, a set of four bank voles was inoculated with brain homogenates from bank vole 3430. Inoculated animals were initially monitored once a week upon onset of clinical signs, in this particular, an atypical case, myoclonus, that were monitored daily at terminal stage of disease. Clinical mice and bank voles were exhibiting rigid tail, rough coat, gait abnormalities, ataxia, kyphosis, and cycles of weight loss and gain. We defined animals with subtle clinical signs as those that developed some subtle or transient signs that did not progress during the course of the experiment. However, all of these animals had the myoclonus. Animals with terminal clinical signs were those with confirmatory prion signs that did progress and reach terminal stage of disease. Experimental endpoints, animals with anesthetized and then euthanized by CO2 overdose. After perfusion of animals, brains were collected and either fixed in formalin or frozen at minus 80. Experimental termination endpoints were predetermined for TG650 mice. One mouse was found dead 213 days post-infection and therefore was excluded from the analysis of WISC1 mice. We also excluded three animals from the analysis of 116AG, inoculated TG650 mice, two that were found dead and one which was euthanized because of a humane endpoint. 
So I'm, I'm, I'm interested in all of this, sorry. So fixed sagittal sections of brains from six CWD inoculated animals and two of their age-matched counterparts with paraffin embedded. Serial sections of five micrometer thickness were cut and stained using H&E to evaluate spongiform changes. For IHC, for a first set of slides, we used guanidine thiocyanate denaturation. Sagittal sections were pretreated with high-pressure autoclaving for 30 minutes in citric acid followed by treatment with 98% formic acid for 10 minutes and 4 molar, whatever, GDN, SCN, guanidine, thiocyanate for two hours at room temperature. I mean, this is a lot of beating up that you're doing to the tissue. I'm kind of surprised it still stays on the slides, but um, I guess it does. We'll have a look, I suppose. Slides were treated. Yeah, we did that bit. Let's see. Abnormal PRP accumulation was examined using a commercially available ARC Animal Research Kit, HRP Kit DECO, using the anti-PRP monoclonal antibody 12F10 for 30 minutes at 37 degrees C, and sections were counterstained with hematoxylin slides were scanned using the Olympus VS1105S scanner, and images were analyzed using only OLI, whatever software, Olympus. All images were treated in a similar manner. Uh, PRP rest of Western blot detection. Um, but, 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 uh, yeah, I'm less interested in this. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Preparation of recombinant substrate. Mm, yeah, so RT quick assay. So for brain, spinal cord, small intestine, colon, fecal homogenates, real time quick was performed as described previously. Briefly, reactions were set up in assay buffer containing 20 millimeter sodium phosphate. 10 micromolar fire flavin, recombinant mouse, human or bank vole PRP substrate stated in the figure legends. Duplicate reactions were seeded each time with two microliter of serially diluted homogenates, starting from 10 to the minus one from CWD infected mice or bank voles. Tissue homogenate seeds were tenfold serially diluted in RT quick seed dilution buffer. The plate was sealed with NUNC amplification tape and placed in BMG LabTech Fluorstar, a megafluorescence plate reader that was preheated to 42 degrees for a total of 50 hours or with an additional step of substrate replacement after 25 hours with cycles of one minute double orbital shaking and one minute resting throughout the assay. Time for substrate replacement cycling was stopped after 25 hours and 90 microliters of the reaction mixture were replaced with fresh assay buffer containing RPRP. Cycling was continued up to the end. Fireflavin fluorescent signals of each well were read and documented every 15 minutes and the values of the relative fluorescence were plotted as the average octuplicate reactions. Yeah, okay. So, to assess and understand the zoonotic potential of CWD, we transmitted CWD prions from deer without prior adaption in vivo or in vitro amplification to TG6250 mice, overexpressing homozygous M129PRPC. We inoculated intracerebrally TG650 mice, temper group with brain homogenates of CWD positive white tailed deer, to investigate potential differences in the ability of CW strains to infect TG650 mice. Two isolates harboring different strains of CWD were used, Wisconsin 1, strain derived from white-tailed deer expressing the cervid wild type, an isolate from white-tailed deer, yeah, we've done all this before, um, 
nine age match controls. Humanized mice are susceptible to CWD prions. In surveys affected with CWD, the clinical presentation is mainly that of a wasting syndrome. Clinical manifestations such as behavioral ch changes, depression, isolation from the herd, excessive salivation, polyuria, and teeth grinding are also observed. However, in rodent models of prion disease, including CWD inoculated models, we usually anticipate neurological signs such as ataxia, gait abnormalities, weakness, rigid tail, kyphosis, and behavioral changes such as isolation, wasting, irresponsiveness, and weight loss. We closely monitored CG650 CWD inoculated mice in the age match non infected controls for progressive signs of prion disease. Starting at 365, 30 days post-infection, uh, we observed that 93.75% of the mice, irrespective of the inoculum, developed myoclonus as diagnosed by a veterinarian. See video online. Ooh. Mm. Cool. Play. I don't know, there might have been like a myoclonic jerk at the end there, but um, file six. Yeah. That was the only video. I mean, the posture looked abnormal it was sort of sitting yeah, problems with its rear legs but um mm. right let's go back here video one online resource was there just one video MP4. So it's stiff tail, coat, obviously, immediate signs. Oops, that video, that was quick.
to, you know, you're not going to, you don't have long when you're looking like that. And, you know, why is, why is, why are these clips important? Why is it, why are we looking at this? So, you know, just refresh what it is that we're looking at. So these are um, mice that are overexpressing the human PRP, I think it was the methionine at 129, that have now become susceptible to intracerebral presentation of and th this is the standard way that it, it's done they do do oral routes but if you, you, you want to study the phenomenon and you want to make sure that you're trying to use your time efficiently as, a pos as possible and so if there's a consensus that the disease exists then you'll go the direct route which is put it straight in the brain and see see if you get any um changes um uh, it's very reminiscent of Daphne Monkey to me, and you know, were I, were I still motivated and in that lab, I would grab the tissue that we had. But I don't, I don't think we really prepped it in a way that we would think about passaging. But that's what we should have done: <laughs> just passage the shit out of her brain through other monkeys. Um, didn't think to at the time. I was I was too busy with uh, stopping uh, <laughs> stopping aberrant behaviours through uh, machine learning. <laughs> uh, so, where were we? Clinical science progressed with some mice undergoing science. Yeah, we did this. Did this? Animals with subtle clinical signs were identified as those that developed some subtle and/or transient signs that did not progress over the course of the experiment. However, all of these animals had myoclonus. Animals with terminal clinical signs were those with confirmatory prion signs that progressed and reached terminal stage of disease. Based on this standard of the mice inoculated with WISC1 prions were clinical, of which 44% progressed with terminal clinical signs and 33% developed subtle clinical signs. Of the 116 AG inoculated mice, 71.5% developed progressive clinical signs. Of these, 28.6% showed terminal clinical signs and 42.9% presented with subtle clinical signs. Age-matched non-infected control mice did not exhibit any behavioral or neurological signs and were healthy up to the experimental eight endpoints between 623 and 900 days post-infection. We used RT-quick assay, a highly sensitive in vitro conversion technique demonstrated to by the sensitivity of animal bioassays to test the presence of PRP amyloid seeding activity in the brains of spinal cords and spleens of CWD inoculated TG650 mice. RT quick results depicted in figure 1a show reactions seeded with brain homodulates and a representative of one assay for each TG650 inoculated mouse with Wisconsin. Each curve represents the average of eight replicates for each tested dilution, 10 to the minus 1 to 10 to the minus 6. In addition, to achieve a better sensitivity of detection, we included a substrate replacement step after 25 hours reaction time, where 90% of the reaction mixture was replaced with fresh assay buffer containing recombinant PRP and RT quick runs was carried on up to 60 hours. This step improves sensitivity of detection of low-level prion seeding activity in tissue and fluids. Brain homogenates of age-match non-infected control mice were also tested for each RT quick run. An age-match negative control was used as internal negative control were consistently negative. Uh, da, 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 da. 
Wiskwan and SCJD brain homogenates were used as positive controls. We considered dilution to be positive when 50% or more of the replicates turned positive, inconclusive when less than 50% of the replicates were positive, and negative when none of the replicates turned positive. So, um, yeah, so what you're seeing is generally dose response like curves. Um, not super clean. Well, this mouse is nice. Um, I wonder why they get these dropouts. Anyway, um, you know, depending on how much faith you want to put in this RT Quick, it's a commercial kit now. So, um, I mean the the mechanism of it is it's simple, right? You're just looking for a cross-reaction and the binding of thi uh, thioflavin and immunofluorescence. Um, yeah, um, the, 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 from the symptom presentation and this, uh, I'm saying they're in the ballpark. All right, so RT quick results summarized in the heat map. Um, yeah, okay. Brains of all mice inoculated. What I want to see is um, not only Western blots, but the um, you know histochemistry. But often with uh, these prion, they're looking for this twenty-five kilodalton signal. And there's the control with um, scrapey CJD. And you can see that, yeah, there are light bands there. Um, consistent with results from RT Quick, mice inoculated with 116 AG isolate were all negative for PRP res in Western supplementary. I'm not digging that out. We formed neuropathological analysis to assess spongiosis and abnormal PRP deposition, which are under undeniable hallmarks to diagnose prion diseases. First, we analyzed spongiform lesions in the gray matter of WISC-1 inoculated TG650 mice and their age-match negative controls. No difference in spongiform degeneration was observed between CWD inoculated animals and negative controls. At this stage, CWD inoculated and non-inoculated TG650 mice were old and vacuolar changes were present equally in their brains due to natural aging process. Next, we performed immunohistochemical analysis of the brain tissue from WISC-1 inoculated mice to detect the disease-associated PRP deposits. Age-match negative controls were used to set a baseline of normal PRP staining and determine non-disease-associated PRP aggregates. Brain tissues were stained with sorry, monoclonal antibody 12F10 using two different staining protocols with either PK digestion or guanidine thiocyanate denaturation. We only considered a sample positive if abnormal PRP deposits were detected with both protocols. IHC revealed abnormal PRP deposits mainly located in the thalamus, hypothalamus, midbrain, pons areas of one mouse out of the six inoculated mice that were tested. PRP deposits showed granular morphology surrounding the cells in these areas. Pericellular staining observed in circumscribed areas of mouse 328 is different from typical PRP deposits seen in prion diseases such as synaptic or plaque-like deposits. Mm. Well, I mean, you know, again, what are you looking for? For you're just looking for the antibody to pick up, and you're looking for darker patches, which is 
basically what you're seeing here. Um, This guanadine approach looks. Mm, I don't know which I prefer. Uh, I'd do both if I had the resources, I guess. But yeah, they seem like they got a hit again. Right, so to in assess infectivity and transmissibility of CW prions in humanized mice, we performed second passage using brain spinal cord homogenates from mouse number 327, the first mouse euthanized with terminal clinical disease to bank faults in TG650 mice. The different bioassays are still ongoing, but to date, transmission of mouse-327-induced terminal prion disease at 441 DPI in one bank fault, exhibiting tremor, ataxia, kyphosis, gait abnormalities, and rigid tail. Another bank vole died due to malocclusion at 293 DPI, yet it was monitored prior to its death because of clinical signs of transient kyphosis and gait abnormalities dragging its left hind paw. Brain homogenates of both bank vowels tested in RT Quick showed positive seeding activity in the brain. However, none of the bank vowels showed PRP res signal in their brain homogenates in Western Bloc. Mm. Why? Strikingly, second passage in TG650 mice of the brain spinal cord homogenate pool resulted today in terminal prion disease of 504 DPI in one mouse. This animal exhibited myoclonus 11 months post-inoculation, followed by rigid tail, rough coat, ataxia, and cycles of weight loss and gain. Western blot analysis PK digested brain homogenates revealed atypical P-res fragments resembling those of whiskerone inoculated TG650 mouse, molecular weights, and terminal cleavage site. These results demonstrate the presence of transmissible prion infectivity in the CNS of terminally sick mouse 327, despite the absence of detectable seeding activity in RT Quick. Yeah, why the. It's, it's, uh... it's still noisy data, right? You, 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 you'd like it to be clean across every test metric that you're doing and the problem is that it's it's an awfully long time to wait to get your experimental results it's not like you're opening up the skull and getting a result that day pretty much like what i would do um the so who knows how much you've messed up in the experimental protocol and why you would um you, you don't get many chances and the I guess I would I would look to experimental error first as to why there would be these dropouts that you would that they're seeing. CWD inoculated human mice shed infectious prions in feces. CWD prions are excreted in feces of infected preclinical cervids. Therefore, we collected feces from symptomatic and asymptomatic mice, as well as their age match controls between 670 50 days DPI. We analyzed fecal homogenates by quick. We used mouse recombinant as a substrate, and as for the brain homogenates, substrate replacement for enhanced sensitivity. To verify whether fecal contents may contain inhibitors of amyloid formation, we performed spiking experiments. Now, um, what's interesting to me here is that they've used the mouse recombinant PRP and not the not the expressed one that the mouse would have had being the transgenic model. 
Weird. Then I maybe I just read that wrong. I'm getting tired. It's nearly three a.m. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah. Remarkably, fifty percent of the mice showed positive seeding activity in some replicates and dilutions. Whisk one inoculated mouse three two seven had consistently high levels of seeding activity, with seventy five to one hundred percent of replicates. We confirmed these results using human RPRP. So cross species seeding which is what they're, what they're trying to test but they've gone mouse then to human mm. to validate the presence of infectious prions and fecal homogenates we intracerebrally inoculated bank rolls yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, mice presented with myoclonus at an early stage of the course of the experiment, followed by cycles of weight loss and gain, and finally ataxia. These mice were euthanized upon reaching terminal stage of the disease between 534 and 630 DPI. However, analysis of brain homogenates from these mice by Western blot were negative for PK-resistant PRPSC. To date, fecal homogenate inoculation resulted in prion disease in bank voles with varying survival times and with an attack rate of 66.6%. Most of the euthanized moles presented subtle clinical signs with ataxia as a predominant sign and were euthanized because of excessive weight loss. One bank vole presented with progressive weight loss, kyphosis, ataxia, gait abnormalities and was euthanized upon reaching terminal disease stage. In all tested brain homogenates from bank voles inoculated with one fecal homogenates, seeding activity was detected by RT quick. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... So next we perform Western blot of PK digested brain and spinal cord homogenates from Bankvol. We detected typical free banding patterns, which we just looked at above. Mm, yeah, okay. I'm sort of they're kind of overdoing it. I'm buying that they got the transmission. So let's get to the discussion. So our findings strongly suggest that CWD should be regarded as an actual public health risk. Here we used humanized mice to show that CWD prions can cross the species barrier to humans. And remarkably, infectious prions can be excreted in feces. Many factors have to be taken into account for prions to be able to cross the species barrier, notably the homology between the host PRP primary structure and the donor PRP SC plays a crucial role in species barrier. In addition, the existence of different CWD strains and the impact of PIMP polymorphism, extensive incubation period and the atypical clinical presentation should be considered when investigating the risk of CWD. Determining that CWD poses a significant risk to human health is of a crucial importance to prevent public health in the economic economic crisis similar if not greater to that of BSE transmission to humans because CWD not only affected farms but also free-ranging cervids and therefore cannot be controlled under the same circumstances that BSE and cattle was controlled. Mm. It's a good job they think your cattle looks bills. <laughs> They'll have you locked down. <laughs> Good dog, he says. Sounds like a goth prion experiment. Yeah, it is. They've basically set up a situation where they've allowed that prion to come into existence that can do that, um, suddenly start exploring that niche. And I don't know, maybe you're into sort of Sheldrake morphogenetic fields, and now that peptide has learned it, it's shimmered across the higher dimensional <laughs> super space, and suddenly all those prions now are learning 
um, how to make the species jump. Um, I'm not sure I totally ascribe to that worldview, but um, the um, you know, if, if what I would do different here is just I think they're they're fixated on the neuronal right, and so. The methods have been established. You drill a hole in the head and you put some homogenate in and you get a set series of circumstances. And what happens if you IV inject this or intramuscularly inject these prions? That's something to check. Right? You wanna you wanna see that there's some overlap. And you know, we know that there's a sort of very widespread of S1 subunit in rodent models and so was that paper i keep up here no this one um anyway. okay sidetracked but yeah um it, it could be considered gain of function in this instance um, and you know what what at what cost to do this biology like the it's interesting for us to be looking at this it's provided a good data point um I don't know i mean shouldn't it just not be a case of we just we should just assume right now that uh they're risky and um if they're coming with atypical presentations as described here then um it's going to make it difficult to pick out at a at the clinical level and uh, if you've done a route that's different from the experiments here where you where they've gone intracerebral whereas most people have been exposed via normal routes of infection or intramuscular um route now of course there's the neurotropism factor but uh, let's see several studies have evaluated the susceptibility of humans to cwd most in vitro studies have found that cwd prions are capable to convert human prpc where either the efficiency of the conversion was low or relied on protein modifications by denaturization our quick assay showed that prpc cwd concede conversion of human recombinant prp however prp bse did not seed it making the veracity of these results questionable mm, interesting Transgenic mouse models overexpressing the human prion protein have been extensively used to assess the transmission of various human prions in vivo, thus they're also used as a model to test the zoonotic potential of prions from other species, such as cervids. Different transgenic lines with different polymorphisms at residues 129 expressing human PRPC at different expression levels and invariable tissues because of the transgene construct were used in these studies and affected with different sources of CWD prions. CWD transmission to humanized mice was assessed in all these studies by monitoring the clinical signs, examining the brain for neuropathology associated with prion disease and immunohistochemical staining for PRP deposits. Brains were also analyzed by Western blot after PK digestion. Wilson and co-workers used an antigen immunoassay to screen for CWD and Racetail used RT-Quick to assess the PRP amyloid formation in the brain of CWD inoculated humanized mice. In three of the in vivo studies, clinical signs were observed in a relatively small number of CWD inoculated mice. 
race et al. showed positive seeding in the brains of very few suspect animals. However, these results were inconsistent and the authors questioned their significance. Prion disease could not be detected in any of the other studies. Zati quick assay was not available at the time of other reports. They might have missed subclinical manifestations in their CWD inoculated humanized mice. Man, this this is the problem that you're going to have. And subclinical presentations are going to, well, they, they could have impacts in unpredictable ways. And remember now that we're in a domain where prion seeding is leading to cancer-like um, disorders at the RNA transcription level. In addition, except for one study where the mice were kept up to 798 days DPI, in most of the studies, experiments were terminated between 500 and 600 DPI. In our study, TG50 mice were kept for up to 900 DPI, which is at least plus 15% of the survival compared to the longest study. This could be a significant asset to this line when it comes to human prion diseases with a very prolonged incubation period. In our study, inconclusive or negative seeding observed in 22% of inoculated mice, even with the substrate replacement step. Regardless of the fact that mouse 327 was clinically sick, uh, could be explained by lo low levels of prions in the brains of these mice. Nevertheless, prion infectivity was present and transmissible, which is the most relevant criterion to demonstrate the presence of prions, in case other assays provide inconclusive results. The modified RT-QUIC protocol with substrate replacement used here allowed us to ensure the availability of RPRP substrate for a longer period of time to enable the detection of low level of prion seeding activity that would have been missed otherwise. Positive seeding activity observed in the brain of Wisconsin inoculated mice was consistent and reproducible. However, one concern was that these results of the product of a remaining inoculum, as reported by Martin et al., were a combination of both de novo generated PRP CWD in these mice. With regards to our results and remnant inoculum, Nevertheless, our results are in disfavor of a scenario involving remnant inoculum alone. In fact, transmission of brain homogenates from brain knockout mice with remaining SCJD inoculum generated prion disease in TG650 mice that was indistinguishable from that generated by SCG SCJD inoculation in these mice. Mm. In our case, transmission of Wisconsin 1 to TG650 mice resulted in clinical disease and transmission of human CWD occult prions. They were transmissible upon second passage, exposing an atypical PRP res pattern. Now, so this, this to me, the fact that the second passage is different um, makes me wonder just how consistent the, the, the transmission chains are. And again, it could be just an artifact of the way they're running these experiments. I mean, if the deer data is to be believed, the, the disease is holding consistent and spreading across um, ter uh, territory and um, numbers. Mm, let's see. Another argument is the distinct biochemical signature of PRP scrapie found in bank voles inoculated with Wisconsin fecal homogenates compared to BV WISC1 prions. In fact, the difference in the migration profile of the unglycosylated band, the glycoform ratio, and supplementary sorry, supplementary data, and this conformational stability are all strong indicators of distinct prion conformers and compelling arguments conflicting with the possibility of a remnant spilled WISC-1 inoculum TG650 mice. 
This implicates that prions generated following WISC-1 inoculation in TG6050 mice underwent a modification governed by the presence of the human PRMP sequence. A recent study by Wang et al. claiming susceptibility of human mice to CWD failed to transmit the original elk isolate to the mice. Rather, they generated PRP-CWD by cyclic amplification using valine as substrate. The study showed that CWD prions only converted valine but not methionine, somehow contradicting previous reports demonstrating that CWD also converted methionine. Our results indicate that if CWD crosses the species barrier to humans, it is unlikely to resemble the most common forms of prion diseases with respect to clinical signs, tissue tropism, and PRP scrapey signature. This is important. For instance, PRP SC invariable protease sensitive prionopathy, a sporadic form of human prion disease, and in genetic form, Gerstmann Strassler Schenker syndrome, is defined by an atypical PK resistant PRP SC fragment that is non glycosylated and truncated at both C and N termini with a molecular weight between 6 and 8 kilodaltons. These biochemical features are unique and distinctive from PRP SC found in most other or animal prion disease. The atypical PRP SE signature taken in brain homogenate of TG60 for mice and the 7 to 8 kilodalton fragments are very similar to that of GSS, both in terms of migration profile and NT terminal cleavage site. Mm, interesting. CWD in humans might remain subclinical, but with PRP SC deposits in the brain with an unusual morphology that does not resemble the patterns usually seen in different prion diseases. Clinical with untraceable abnormal PRP e.g. mouse 327, but still transmissible and uncovered upon subsequent passage, or prions have other reservoirs than the usual ones, hence the presence of infectivity in feces, suggesting potential for human-to-human -human transmission and a real iatrogenic risk that might be unrecognisable. Here, humanised mice inoculated with CWD isolates had an atypical onset of the disease with myoclonus before presenting typical clinical signs and generating prions that presented with either atypical biochemical signature, shed in feces, or were undetectable by the classical detection methods. The fact that we could not establish a strong correlation between disease manifestation inoculated with WISC-1 or 116AG and the presence of abnormal PRP might be explained by the presence of heterogeneous prions in the brains of infected mice with different seeding properties in vitro. Mm, that's kind of a cop-out answer, but indeed such heterogeneity and distinct seeding activities and infectivity of abnormal PRP fragments was observed in VPSPR cases. We could not establish correlation between the presence of PRP SC deposits in mouse number 328 and the absence of resistance PRP in Western blot, even though the prions present in the brain of this animal see the conversion of RPRP substrate very well. Mouse 321 was not available for immunohistochemistry, therefore we cannot draw a conclusion about abnormal PRP deposits in the brain of this animal, but we can conclude that there is a correlation between level of prion seeding and the detection of atypical PRP res fragments present in the brain of this animal. We can only speculate that transmission of WISC-1 to TG650 mice generated prions with characteristics that render them less prone to be unveiled with conventional methods. However, 77.7% .7 of these mice showed prion seeding activity despite the absence of PK-resistant PRP-SC for most of them. Mm, yeah, see, I wonder, I wonder if you're just getting down to these um, fragmentary epitopes and they're just not picking them up. Uh, 
suggesting that protease-sensitive prions could be involved in these transmissions, like it was shown in human prion disease. Further analysis, such as confirmation-dependent immunoassay and in vivo subpassages, were required to resolve these questions. The finding that infectious PRP-SC was shed in fecal material, CWD, infected mice, and induced clinical disease, different tropism, and typical free banding pattern uh, in bank voles that is transmissible upon second passage is highly concerning for public health. The fact that this biochemical signature in bank voles resembles that of WISC-1 original deer isolate and is different from that of BV WISC-1 in the migration profile and the glycoform ratio is valid evidence that these results are not a product of contamination in our study. If CWD in humans is found to be contagious and transmissible among humans as it is in cervids, which I would make the presumption that it is, the spread of the disease within humans might become endemic. In contrast to bank voles inoculated with fecal homogenates from mouse, so far we could not detect a PK-resistant scrapie fragment in brain homogenates of fecal homogenate. The presence of PRP res in these mice will allow us to determine if the molecular signature of CWD prions from the brain versus feces are the same. Previously, Barangatau found the extra neural prions compared to neural prions helped more to overcome the species barrier to foreign prions. In addition, different strain types emerged from such serial transmission. Our data also suggests that prions found in the periphery may hold higher zoonotic potential than prions found in neural tissue. In fact, upon second passage, 50% of the TG650 mice inoculated with fecal homogenates from mouse 327 had succumbed with terminal disease to only 20% of brain spinal cord homogenates inoculated, suggesting that humanized CWD prions found in feces transmit disease more efficiently. Our results also suggest that epidemiological studies may have missed subclinical and atypical infections that might be transmissible undetected by gold standard tests, Western blot, ELISA, immunohistochemistry. So ideally, an oral inoculation of mice with CWD prions would have mimicked best the natural route of exposure to acquired prion diseases like CWD. However, in our case, an oral inoculation would have been impossible considering the lifespan of the rodent models. It took an extended amount of time, over two years and a half, to have a better idea of the extent of CW transmission in the TG650 model, even with intracerebral inoculation, usually the fastest way to induce prion diseases in a rodent model. Taking this into consideration, our study is the strongest proof of principle that CWD might be transmissible to humans. The overall risk for zoonotic transmission of CWD is likely lower than for BSE. However, rather than predicting the absolute zoonotic risk for CWD, our study indicates the possibility of atypical features in humans. Furthermore, our findings provide striking insights into how CWD might manifest in humans and the impact it may have on human health. We have used WISC-1 CWD, one of the most common CWD strains, notably white-tailed deer prions, which have been shown to be more prone to generate human prions in vitro. This implies a high risk of exposure to this strain, for example, through consumption of handling of infected carcasses, in contrast to rarer CWD strains, and therefore an actual risk for human health. Fecal shedding of infectious prions, if it occurs in humans, is particularly concerning because of potential human-to-human transmission and adaptation of human chronic wasting disease. Overall, our findings suggest that chronic wasting disease surveillance in humans should encompass a wider spectrum of tissue organs tested and include new criteria in the diagnosis of potential patients. Yeah, and I would agree. Um, the concern I have here is just the rampant, <laughs> wide open path to abuse that this could take from authorities. I. <laughs> 
<laughs> you can find out how sovereign you really are when they <laughs> your uh, your district has been found to be contaminated with uh, transmissible human chronic wasting disease you are battened down you will get airdropped food supplies enjoy your hunger games <laughs> uh all right um let's see let's go through uh some questions bug chasing gonna get real easy i guess yes um if you are off the mark there'd be funding and signal boosting you yes that's true um Let's see. Uh, that map overlay was hilarious. The one Charles did, yeah. Um, let's see. Forget Deagle. If you want real data, use Party Center for International Futures, used by military intelligence services. Daigle became famous for being mentioned once by Stratfor. Daigle was game data only. It even used to state the fact. Um... Yes, really disappointed that the good guys don't sling you. I've gone through that. Because of incidents, Daigle was 15 million for UK, same as Stanley Johnson's ideal population, 10 to 15 million. Um, when the doc spots prions under the microscope. Mm, yeah, look, man. <laughs> I want to find a whole bunch of nothing. That's what I want to find. <laughs> All right, shut it. Uh, let's see. He's saying that if we were a millionaire, wouldn't he? I'd be giving you a lab to play in. Right. Um, Suspect is a white male, I mean white-tailed deer, grab shotgun. <laughs> uh, this is interesting from UK Gov. Um, like I say, this is, you know, there's many things to be looking out for at the moment. Um, mm, yeah, I'll take a look at that one day. All right. Uh, good idea to upload it to WTYL if you can. Um, yeah, look, if you want the videos, um, I'll give you the link here. Oh, let's go to here. This is what you want. This, be this. Um, Also requirements for the legal definition of gain of function. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Now, you know, in this instance, I can kind of understand them trying to explore this space, right? The, the problem is just the fallout from it. And if, you know, if it's a consequence of man's manipulation in the past anyway... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you need to know if it's infectious in body fluids, etc. And like I say, if there's if there's a novel prion mechanism being initiated and amplified across populations, I don't know. 
I'm just the kind of person that wants to know. Other people probably don't. Um, um, time to eat prions for breakfast. Yes. Uh, let's see. Um, let's see. It was just chatting with a multimillionaire. It was just impossible to interest him in WTYL, Kevin. Um, <laughs> if you can't donate, spread the word and find donors. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a unique take here, what can I say? Uh, if you have a few mil in the bank, you definitely don't want to get debanked. Right. <laughs> well, you know, give me an excuse to concentrate on scientific work. Uh, did we look at file for? I remember if we did. Um, all right, uh, let me just see if anyone is not a K two six R today. Um, there's a few there. Let me just. Oh, uh, Valve, uh, VM, Vex, Cheryl, Modern Beans, and uh, Gaza. Thank you. Thank you. Keep the keep stock in the fight. We're uh... <laughs> otherwise you'd be listening to planks talking about uh viruses ain't real. <laughs> All right, folks. I'm out of here. I don't know when I'll see you again how much this one will take out of me, but um yeah. Uh take care, God bless, and uh see you in the next one. You don't know how angry I am. You do, I'm like, I was just leaving for fucking work. You do not understand how fucking pissed off after reading that all on. I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. Fuck these cameras. I will fucking kill each fucking kappa. I swear. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually saying. Fuck these cameras. No fucking vaccine or ever. Oh, that's fine. I can't stop. So, check what we found out. Okay. Oh, that's fine. 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 Oh, that's fine.